Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Eric. I teach people how to raise livestock on the land. And I teach people the Bible. I play a little banjo. And I play bass. I'm a passionate bow hunter. And I'm a die-hard Badgers fan. Together we're just two common folk trying to pursue Jesus. And live out our faith beyond Sunday's sermon. All right, well, it, it's been a hot minute. <laughs> it has. It has. I didn't knock my microphone this time, so yeah. we'll have to... Maybe I can like pretend like I do it again this time, or maybe that's just, all right. Maybe this is unscripted. It. That's true. That's true. But that's what we started recording for about a minute. Realized it was only my voice, and thought that probably wouldn't be that great of a podcast. So started over. Luckily, I caught it before we got too far into it. Well, the one thing I'll say over that I was saying is that uh, this feels a little different than our normal recordings because normally we sit here and talk for a while, catch up on stuff. Yeah. on life and then we start recording well today we're the theme it seems like that has led to this re, not being recorded for a couple of weeks yeah. and also the theme of today which is why we're trying to get this recorded is we're just darn busy yeah yeah and it it feels like I was, I was talking to my wife the other day and that's a it feels like i'm always r- like rushing from one thing to the next like yeah. it's like I, I, I was like, when's the last time I just, like, putzed? That's a word yeah. I haven't said in a while. Yeah. Like, I don't remember the last time I, I putzed. That's a luxury that I have yeah. not had in a while. That's to a just good putz thought. around. And I'm kind of a putzer type of guy. Like, yeah. I, I can go, like, disappear in the shop for a while and yeah. come out a couple hours later with something that I created that yeah. I didn't ever plan on creating. Absolutely. And I think it's good. At least, I think... Different personalities are, are obviously different, but I think for certain personalities, and I would put myself in there, putzing is very, like, therapeutic. It's like, a, it kind of gives your brain, like, a. I feel like most of us are operating on adrenaline, most of our, which we're not supposed to. Your body's not really made to, like, yeah. operate on adrenaline. And when you let yourself, like, putz around, it kind of puts your body in that, like, relax mode of, like, there's no danger, like, everything's all right. And I think that's, at least for me, that's good. It's good so to reset like that. I was going to ask you this question before we started recording, but then I decided to just let everyone listen in on our <laughs> conversation, yep. have the privilege of hearing us this morning. But did you feel like this before you moved from Minocqua to Stratford, or is it a thing that's part of this season of life? I think... I mean, I think it's definitely ramped up, but that's just, you know, I, I took on a lot more responsibility. I mean, in okay. Minocqua, it was like, you know, it was a church of 100 people, which was awesome, and I loved it. Um, but we didn't have a campus. I had very minimal staff, yeah. and it was just, so this is different. So I'm not surprised that it's ramped up some. What I was wondering is if it, like, if it's, a cultural difference between there and here you know we have mm. there's little cultures everywhere yes. and is it sort of part of the stratford culture to just be busy it's definitely more than Manaqua. i don't know how much of it is that stratford has a busy culture or just that Manaqua has a northwoods culture yeah you know because in Manaqua, there's like northwoods time which is just like like 
if you if you hire someone to do something and they say they're going to be there at nine, you have no idea when they're coming because <laughs> okay. it's just Northwoods time. Everyone's yeah. just kind of putzing is part of the culture in the Northwoods, okay. and so. It's probably a mix of both of just, I think Stratford is a little bit more like, hey, be involved in everything and and do a lot. Well, but and, I also and that's Minocles, part of it. That, yeah. But the other part is like it, the blue collar, rural yep. nature as well, um, I think adds to that. And it's like, if you're part of it and trying to do life in it, even if your goal is to not be like that, you kind of by association become like that because you that's the only way you can do life with the people around you is like even if you had the most structured schedule for today Mm -hmm. you still would be stressed out because you're dealing with me (laughs) (laughs) no but i do think i mean the bible does say you know basically show me your friends and i'll show you your future like we are going to take on kind of the characteristics of the people we surround ourselves with. That's what I meant, yeah. yeah. Not and that I'm a person who stresses people out. That's, no. Maybe I am, but... No, but I just think that's where one of the most important like decisions that you get to make in your life is who you hang around with because, yeah. you know, it's like you're going to become like the people you hang around with. That's just, you know, and I even found myself doing that in the Northwoods. If I'm normally a very, like reliable person i'm that person where it's like i grew up on lombardi time which is like 15 minutes early is on time yeah and it's like that eventually went out the window because it's like well if i'm getting there 15 minutes early and you're getting there 15 minutes late i'm sitting doing nothing for a half hour all the time and eventually you're like all right well i guess we're both just gonna be 15 minutes late and i'll just understand if i say nine nine fifteen is about when we're gonna kind of mosey on in and so it's like you just find yourself matching the culture that you're in yeah well so so we started out saying it's been a hot minute since we've recorded we actually we were able to find the lost recording so we were we were it was i was i was switching computers and i thought that it had like got corrupted on the transfer but i figured it out so I'm pretty happy about that. So we have a recording that we can drop sometime today or tomorrow, and yeah. then this one might get saved for next week because I might try to take off to go bow hunting yeah. a little bit. But, but yeah, just a lot of stuff has happened that's that's kind of thrown us curveballs. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's like just stuff that happens in life. Um, you. We had a funeral in our church mm-hmm. that we all had to pull together yeah. um, to try to help out a family. Yeah, uh, you had a pastor's retreat that, um, yeah, didn't go exactly how it would have been on paper, but right. you dealt with it. Well, and I think we all deal with that of like things very rarely go the way we're expecting it to go, right. and I think you have to be open. And I do, I think this past week it was, was really powerful, not how I had planned it, um, obviously, but there, there was, there was a lot of really, um, uplifting and and powerful situations this week, but yeah, very different than you would expect. So for you to be able to say that is a testament to what 
we're talking about today, which is choosing to not be victims. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like we could have looked at the curveballs being thrown at us, which mm-hmm. I guess it's not, you know, they're always being thrown right. at people. Everyone always has stuff to deal with, but, um, you have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're coming no matter what. So are you going to be a victim? Yeah. Or are you going to choose to try to get through it? Yeah. And well, and not just try to get through it, but try to see the good in it, see the opportunity in it. And you know, I I don't I'm not one of those people that's like, yeah, like every trial you need to be celebrating and all that. Even though I mean, biblically, it does encourage us to do that. Yeah. But I think realistically. We also know there is going to be those moments where you are, you do have to feel the pain of it and feel the disappointment of it, and you can't pretend that that's not there, and you gotta you gotta walk through that and and give yourself moments of you know just being disappointed with with how things play out. But I think if if you know, I think the average emotion. I think studies show the average emotion if you actually let yourself feel it lasts for about thirty seconds. And yeah. then it's done. I think most of our problem is we, we try to, to not feel it, cope with it different ways, and then it just lasts forever. So I think that process of letting yourself be disappointed, feeling it deeply, and then being like, okay, but now can I take a step back and see what might come of right. this? That's, that's good. I do. When you started out, you were talking about another, another term that I sometimes use for what you were describing is like over spiritualizing Mm -hmm. things which i think sometimes we can have the tendency to do like look at every little thing that happens and and just like you said we absolutely know that's true there's purpose in everything yes but there's also such a thing as looking so hard at every little thing and and trying to say i bet this means this and i think this means this and you know going through and i'm not going to dwell on this or I don't want to talk about this too much, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, th- the funeral that we went through mm-hmm. in the past week for a 16 year old, it's yeah. like, that's a tough moment to say, oh, I can see why this happened. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes rather than doing that, sometimes where we need to land is just like, it's a fallen world and stuff happens. That yes. makes no sense. And it's going to continue happening because we're living in a fallen world. Yes. And I think just realizing emotions are not sinful. You know, like the Bible says, in your anger, don't sin. So it's clear that like being angry is not a sin. Now, if you allow your anger to let you behave in a sinful way, then yeah, you're in the wrong. But there are times where you're angry. And that's just the reality of it. And to to feel that anger and to actually allow yourself to experience the fact and just admit, I'm angry right now. And and actually like walk through it and feel it and process it and not try to push it down, not try to ignore it, not try to be like, no, I'm not angry because then that leads to all sorts of different resentment and things that will last with you forever. But to be like, you know, even sadness, you know, it's not wrong. There, right. There's times where being sad is absolutely appropriate. 
it's yeah. it's right like you can't expect yourself to not have these emotions because you you emotions were given to us by god they're built into who we are it's just can we can we walk through them in the right way and and the first part of the right way is i mean even if you look at the life of jesus he wept he got angry he was disappointed like you see him actually experience emotions and we know he didn't sin and i think part of it is just not being in denial about the fact that yeah we're gonna have deep strong emotions that are tough to walk through so how can we illustrate or bring light to what it looks like to be on the right side of that fine line between experiencing the emotions of, of dealing with curveballs and the other side of that fine line, which is choosing to be a victim. Because to the uneducated eye, it could look like someone who's gone through the emotions and gone through the process is choosing to be a victim, but there is a difference there. Yes. Yeah, and that's a great question. I mean, I think the easy thing to point to is is time. And all of us are going to take a different amount of time. But understanding that, again, there's a certain amount of time that you're going to feel those emotions and they're incredibly appropriate to feel them. But then there is going to be that transition where it's like you're holding on and, and you're, you're not allowing yourself to move past it. And I'm not here to be like, it's this many hours or this, but I think as, as each of us goes through it, if we're honest with ourselves, we can feel that change of, you know, it's, it's almost like when you, when you see a, a kid that, that gets really disappointed and kind of crying and throwing a tantrum, mm-hmm. it's like you can see that moment where they are truly just, the emotion is just overwhelming and they're trying to deal with it where it's like, okay, like I don't need to punish them for this. But then you see it where it's like, okay, now you are just choosing to like hold on to this. Yeah. And I think it's different for everybody, but I think that's where the responsibility is for each of us is to to be self-aware enough to know like when is this transitioning from just a deep emotion that I'm going to have to feel and I have to let myself feel it to I'm now just holding on to this and becoming a victim of it even though it is probably time for me to start to see the good and see the opportunities in this and I think it's different for each of us and I think that's we each have to be responsible to know that this is an analogy so it, I'm not saying this as this, the same thing, and maybe it's a kind of stupid analogy, but it made me think of when I had COVID. Mm-hmm. I got hit hard. Like, I was the sickest I've ever felt, and my wife had to be real with me and be like, you are not going to get better unless you take some time to rest. Yeah. And I, like did all I could do because I was so sick for like a week a couple of years ago this yeah. happened and then but then like you you go through that you know you have to rest because you're not going to get better but like you decide to start like ramping back up your normal daily activities before you return back to 100 percent right because if you wait till you're back to 100 percent you're not getting anything done you're falling yeah. further behind your yeah 
just it's gonna you're digging yourself an even larger hole right. to get out of. Yes. And so it's like you have you you have to do your diligence and sort of rest, and then you have to get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm not better yet. Yep. But I'm gonna get back at it because yes. I I have to, and yes. I kind of feel like that's how the grieving process is too. Absolutely. Well, in grieving, you know, obviously we we've been we're talking about just a. a tragic devastating event but i think for all of us you know most of us that's not the kind of event we're talking about but we're talking about you know how life is supposed to be and i was hoping that this would have played out this way and it didn't right i was hoping but those are still things that you grieve that's and that's what i was referring to well and that's it for sure and i think like you said there's going to be times where you you have to just try like okay i want to push forward now and then you realize, just like sometimes when you're sick, it's like, okay, that was a little too soon. Like, yeah. I need to take a step back and rest yeah. a little bit more. But like you said, not to just then become, you know, it's it's almost like, and I think it's a great analogy what you said. Because I've, I've, you know, I've seen people where it's like, okay, they get sick and they kind of like really take it easy. And people kind of wait on them hand and foot. And then it's just like, well, I kind of like this. I think I might just yeah. hang out here and that's really the victim mentality is like, I'm just going to stay in this place that was never meant to be permanent. It yeah. was meant to be temporary, you know, and that's where even if you look at the Old Testament, the the grieving process, there was like a set amount of time to like, like go over loss. And I think that's hard to put a set amount of time on it, but it just shows that, okay, you should be able to walk through it and your mindset should be this is temporary. Like this emotion is temporary. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to deal with it. But this is not supposed to be something that's permanent in my life. So I'm, I'm a huge, um, I'm guilty of this, but as human beings, we're very idealistic. Mm -hmm. We have a vision of what things are supposed to look like. And so we use that as like, uh, to dictate when when we should do stuff. We we feel like we need to wait till the stage is set or all the yep. ducks are in a row yep. or until it looks like the timing is perfectly right. Um, and whether that be dealing with challenges or curveballs in life or dealing with tragedy or anything, but very rarely is the stage really set before we're supposed to or before we should take action. And that's why it's called faith. Yes. And so yesterday you were talking about Gideon as yeah. a prime example of that. So like he was called a mighty warrior before he was anything even close to a mighty warrior. Yep. And that's an example of like, okay, you are not a mighty warrior yet. Yep. The stage is not set for you yet. No. But... You, at some point, if you want to be a mighty warrior someday, you have to choose to start acting like one or start believing you will be one. Yeah. Or it'll never happen. Well, and that's, not only was the stage not set for Gideon, God's like, I'm going to actively unset the stage for you as we go. Like, the beginning was like the best odds of the whole story. And they were terrible at the beginning. And not only was it not like hey, I'm going to set the stage for you as we go. It's like, I'm going to unset the stage for you as we go. And I think you're right. And I, it's such a great transition because I really, 
even yesterday as I spoke, like if that's, if that was the only thing people walked away with, I'd be happy. It's just like, you have to answer to the name that God is calling you before it makes sense, before you fit it, before there's evidence of it. And I think even just going back to the dealing with loss and grief, I think that fits right into getting, cause you want to talk about grief and loss, like the, the Israelites were so just demoralized at this yeah. time. They were just like, what's the point? Like every time we we claw and scrape to get enough to just get by, someone comes and just does twice as bad a damage as we had done to us before. And he was in that, you want to talk about being a victim. And, and you can see as you read that story, he's kind of in that, like, you've abandoned us. I'm the least of the least. What What are you even talking to me for? But just that willingness to be like, okay, but I'll I'll move past this if you're calling me to it, even if I'm not quite ready yet. I'm just yeah. gonna trust what you are saying and trust that if this is what you're calling me, then you're gonna equip me for it. And I couldn't even, you know, because I only have so long to talk about. But even just his first step of of destroying the false um, altars and yeah. just like he almost died right off the bat. But just that willingness to be like, all right, if you're going to call me this name, then I'll answer to it and I'll start walking it out. Even if it doesn't quite fit yet, I'm going to trust. And that's where I was like, don't fake it till you make it. Just trust God. That's really all it is, is like, I'll continue to be me and I'm just going to listen and answer to the name that you're calling me. When you were describing that yesterday, I don't know why, but what came to mind was like, if if one of us had a family member or a child or a friend or someone who was going to school to medical school, mm-hmm. it's a long road. Yep. Many people don't do it because many people can't weather that yeah. long stormy road that mm-hmm. it takes. But the few people who do go into it knowing that there's going to be a whole bunch of things that they're going to have to get through that they don't even know are coming and it's yep. going to be a long road. But sometimes what we do as encouragement to that person is call them doctor yep. just for fun. Absolutely. You know, hey, doctor, even though it's they're like six years away or eight years away from it. Absolutely. And, and they have to believe at that moment that that is the truth of their future or they will never... Go through that. Absolutely. Well, and it's once I understood the fact that, like, that's what God does. He calls you by your future, and the enemy calls you by your past. That's just one of those core principles that you'll understand is like all of the things that you weren't in your past, those are the exact names that the enemy is going to call you. Like, that's just a given. The enemy is not going to call you by your future. Like, he just isn't. And God doesn't call you by your past. Like, it's just very, like, in my life, it's like God has never pointed to my past other than just to show me where he was in my past, loving me and and being there for me. And once you realize that, you can really start to, like, understand who's talking. Because it's just like, okay, how, what name are they calling me? This, whatever I'm hearing inside my head, are they calling me a name based on my past failures or are they calling me a name based on like uh, a future that doesn't even fit me yet and usually it's going to be really easy to determine whose voice you're hearing in your head because that's one of those 
questions I get all the time of like, how do I know when I'm hearing God's voice? How do I know who's speaking? And it's like, that's one of the really easy ones because you just see it all throughout scripture is that. But it, I mean, it changes everything when you start to believe that you can be something that you're not yet. I mean, like that's what I've, I've seen. That's one of the basic patterns I've seen in people's lives who like are truly transformed is they actually believe they could be something. Galatians 2.20. I'm a new creation. The old man is dead and basically has been crucified on the cross with Christ. And now I'm a new creation. We have to believe that before, sometimes before it's even completely evident in our life. Yeah. Right. Again, like, like it could be, I mean, and that, that's a verse that I'd encourage everyone to hold on to because there's moments where we're tempted to have the old version of us come out. And yep. that, that shows itself in a lot of different ways for different people. Yep. But whenever we feel that, that's when we have to remind ourselves of the reality that yes. God is telling us we're a new creation, so we have to believe it. Yes. Well, and it's it's easier to believe that you can't change because then it gives you the comfort in just staying the same. And as soon as you force yourself to go, no, with God, I've, I can absolutely be something I never was before. Well, now you have to deal with the tension of, well, then why am I not? Why am I the same? as I was yeah. before. And most of us don't like that tension of right. who we're supposed to be. And okay, God's calling me this name, but I can see this person in the mirror. Most of us don't like Paul that. struggled with that. Yes. And it's like, it's Romans. much easier to be like, well, no, this is who I am. This is who I'll always be. Cause then I don't have to deal with that discomfort of knowing that I'm not where I'm supposed to be yet. And I think it's just that willingness to be like, okay, I'll sit in that tension of this person that God's calling me. I'm not there yet because I know that scripture says that it's actually going to be God who does it. It's not even on me. It's like, he's going to finish this good work. My job is to answer to that name, to obey him, to walk out what he's asked me to do. Cause he's going to put me through the situations, the trials, the ups and the downs that are going to shape me into this. So it's just, am I willing to show up where God's calling me to go? So that that's an encouraging thought, I think. So Paul in Romans, we heard him verbalizing that tension, like, why do I do these things that I don't want to do? Yep. And all of us can identify with Paul in that. Yep. But we won't even have that tension if we didn't feel God calling us to something different. Yes. If if we didn't embrace the fact that he's calling us a different name, yes. then we won't have that tension there. We would just be totally cool with where we're at. Absolutely. And and you hit on, I think, one of the core points that I, I think are so important, and I still forget it um, sometimes, but um, the band, you know the band 10th Avenue North? Yeah. I'm not even all that big. I mean, I'm not, it's not like I don't like them, but it's like, I've not, it's not like I'm a big fan, but they have a song that I think is some of the most powerful lyrics that the church in general has lost. And that's what it's like, we're free to struggle. We're not struggling to be free. And that, that, that change of like, if you feel a tension, if you're like frustrated, if you feel like, man, I'm not where I'm supposed to be, that's good. That's that means that you're where you're supposed to be because they have uh, it's 
I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's talking about the process through being like truly competent at like something. And they're like, anytime where you start something brand new, it's you're unconsciously incompetent, which means you don't know enough to know that you don't know anything. So like that's where like the people who are the most confident are usually the people who know the least because they don't even know enough to know that they right. have no idea what they're talking yeah. about. And that's a, you'll hear that all the time if you're talking about something and then someone who has no is like, well, you know what you got to do is and they're like, what they say is like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. But they're so confident because it's like they don't even know enough to know yeah. how, how dumb they sound. So it's like for most of us, it's like if you don't feel that tension that's probably where you are. And that's where so many people tell me like, man, the more I read the Bible and the more I pray, the, the, the worse I feel. And it's like, because the next step from going from unconsciously incompetent is to go from consciously incompetent. So it's yeah. like, it almost feels like you're getting dumber, but you're just learning enough to see how much you don't know yet. And so if you relate that to, to your faith, it's like the more you read the Bible, the more you pray, the more your eyes are open to just your own sin and how yeah. you fall short. And so it's almost like people feel like, well, I'm getting worse. And it's like, no, you're, you're finally just seeing that tension. And it's like, that's good. Like live in that. Because again, that doesn't mean that you're not saved. That doesn't mean that right. you're, it, it means that you're finally starting to see. And that's where even Paul was like, this is where I'm living in. And in that chart, it's like, then after you get un, you get consciously incompetent, you can move to consciously competent, meaning like you kind of know what you're doing, but you have to really pay attention and you yeah. have to really work hard at it. And like the end of the road is unconsciously competent, meaning like it, like you have bathed yourself in this topic or whatever so much that you don't even really have to think about it and, and you're, you're going about it. And I think that's the goal for all of us as Christians, but I don't know how many of us are going to get there in this life. Um, but I think it's to go back and I know I ranted a little bit, but I think what you said is so important to be like, to feel that tension and that struggle is good. That's not a bad yeah. thing. And if you have no tension in your faith, if you're like, yeah, I got this, it's all good. I would be a little concerned there because I know at least for me every day, I'm like, man, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. There's right. so many areas that, that I need to grow in. So, yeah. And I think lots of people in life who are experts on some sort of subject matter or skill or something like that, like they'll be known to those around them as the expert, but they'll be the first person to tell you that they, the more they know, yep. the less they know. Absolutely. It's like the more you learn about something, the more you realize you can't know everything about it. Absolutely. And, and you know, you, you just become more aware of the complexities of it and how yep. difficult it is. And I think that's even how faith goes. It's like the more we get down the road in our life of, living out our faith the more we realize we're not in control yep. we can't really do that much about things and really what it all just boils down to is we just have to trust god because that's all we can do yes and it is and it's like like you said it's almost like the more someone understands the complexities 
the more they focus in on the simple things of it and they see they just go back to the basics it's it's like i remember seeing a a whole teaching on victor wooten who's like the bass player of all bass players he's like like no one even it's like almost indisputed like undisputed that's the right word that he's like the bass player Mm -hmm. and you you if you watch his teachings he is like all about the basics and he'll be like i can do this and he's like i'm tapping and he does this impossible thing that's like maybe a handful of people in the world could play what he's playing and he looks at the crowd and he's like you guys are all standing there doing nothing and he's like or i could play this and he plays the most simple baseline ever but all of a sudden the whole crowd starts kind of bobbing to it and he's like i've got you all and he's like, it's in the simple stuff. And I think that's even in our faith. It's like the more you dive into the complexities, yeah. the more you get back to like, God's in control. I need to trust him and just obey what he's asking me to do. So I think if, if we really want to just um, conclude with making this as applicable to people's lives as possible, there's like two components to this whole thing. It's like, what God is calling us to do in our everyday life. And and I think everyone is always in tension with that, whether they answer to God or ignore him. Everyone's constantly trying to decide or find out what they're supposed to be in life. Yeah. It's constant. And even the people who appear to have it all figured out, they're internally struggling with yes. it all the time. And that's because life is always changing we're always changing, our situations are changing, and so it's not possible to be in the same place 30 years later and be content with it. Because, right. And maybe I should be a little careful how I say that. That's not exactly what I mean, but I, I think things around us are always changing, so we're always called to be something in that moment yes. and in that situation. And if you're not in tension with that, then that's something else to maybe question as well. Have you been checked out or are you just, have you just grown apathetic in life? Right. And, and that's kind of a miserable place to live as well. But I would say that oftentimes we feel called to something that we feel unworthy of or we feel that it's impossible to reach. Yes. But that's not the case. Yes. But we have to be willing to not be a victim and we have to be willing to look at ourselves as able to achieve great things. Yes. I think you nailed it right there. And I think your points are, are so important. And I go back to like when I, you know, because I know I've said this a hundred times, I used to be so unhealthy physically, just terrible. And I remember I read something and it was it was basically said, Working out is uncomfortable, but being unhealthy is uncomfortable too. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it's the same thing with this tension that we're talking about. Like, you are not going to be able to avoid tension. Like, you are going to feel tension one way or another. And you're going to feel the tension of growing or you're going to feel the tension that you're not growing. Like, you just, you don't get to choose whether you feel tension or not. You get to choose what tension that you feel and when you think about that you're like well then why would anybody not take like the tension of growing and it's you hit it it's because we don't think we can i think most people and i would put myself in that when i was unhealthy i understood 
that I would rather feel the discomfort of exercise than the discomfort of being healthy. I just didn't see myself as someone who could. It's yeah. like that's someone else can do that. I'm just the lazy bass player, whatever. Like that's not for me. So I'm just stuck in the discomfort of being unhealthy. And that's where the first start is just answering to that name and saying, no, I'm someone who can right. do that. And it's not even going to be in my own power. But I think that that's, that's a great word of just like you're going to feel tension. So in the example you're using could be applicable to anyone in life, whether they're seeking the Lord or not. Right. You know, that's an everyday example. So we sort of have those things going on in tandem with yes. faith. Yes. You know, with and and but they it's the same. Yep. Um so to go back to Galatians two twenty again, God calls us to be a new creation. Yes. Like that is his will for us to become a new creation yes. and allow that old person to die with him on the cross. That's why he went to the cross. Yes. And the only thing I'll say is some people have those things working in tandem and they are able to really achieve great things because of it. Yeah. Some people have them separate. Yes. Some people have the faith part of the equation kind of figured out, but mm -hmm. they're pretty unhappy with their life situation. Yeah. Some people feel like they have life by the tail, but they're living totally ignoring God and not experiencing the freedom that comes from that. Yeah, And so... That is why we live in a world full of miserable people, yep. because yep. they have one side of that figured out, but not the other. Yes. And I think just a good way to conclude this whole conversation is like there is there those things aren't supposed to be separated. No. And when we allow them to work symbiotically, yes, is when we're able to. I, don't, I was going to say enjoy life, and I do mean that, but mm -hmm. sometimes life isn't always enjoyable. But it's, 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 we're able to go through life having perspective and yes. having peace yes. and understanding that things are going to happen and fulfillment and you know all those things that it seems like people just are constantly trying to find and can't find. Yeah. No, I, I, and I even want to add to it, I think a, a part of this is, is that... We, we live right now in a culture that we are we are told, like, you can have a life without discomfort. And that just simply is not true. Like, yeah. and, and I think we're probably one of the first cultures ever that has, like, sold that to ourselves. Yeah. Nowhere else in history do you see this idea of, like, yeah, you, you don't need to ever be uncomfortable. That's just not true, and it doesn't matter how many luxury items you have, but that's just part of what we're being told all the time is if you're, if you're really successful, if you're really smart, if you do things right, you'll always be comfortable. And that just simply is not true. Like You, you have to be uncomfortable. And the, what you get to choose is whether your discomfort leads to something that matters or whether it's the result of not doing anything that matters. That's really your own choice. And I, like, there's nothing worse than having to feel pain because you're not doing anything that matters. 
that's the worst. Yeah. And it's like, you can feel pain because you're doing something that matters. And it's like, it's barely unenjoyable because you can right. see the purpose. But I think the first step, at least I, what I've really realized in my life is to completely actively reject the notion that you can have a life that does not have discomfort. Like you cannot, that want discomfort will be a part of life. Like there's nothing you can do to stop that. That's kind of a mic drop. Well, I, that's for me at least. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm the most convicted of that. Yeah. Cause I, I like to be comfortable. I really do. I'm well, a sweatpants all, <laughs> and Sunday football kind of guy. Yeah. And we all do. Um, but I think comfort comes as a result of being willing to go through the pain and struggles as well. Yeah. Yep. Well, um, discomfort and, for purpose feels so different right. than discomfort because you have no purpose. Yeah. It's a different feeling. And that's, at least for me, that's what I've been really convicted on. There is an end to every discomfort. Yes. So. Yeah. But I think if I can just encourage everybody listening, like, you know, for us, it's not like we're like, suck it up. And just, it's like, I think we're all trying to be empathetic with each other of like, if you look at someone's face, you understand that there's a lot of pain in their life. Like every single person you see, like everyone is, is going through pain. And some of those people, the pain doesn't even have a purpose. It's just like, it's just there, just always grinding them down. And it's like, you know, it's, it's a very empathetic, like we care, we understand you feel pain. And our heart is that we want that pain to actually mean something, that discomfort to actually mean something. And we believe as we look at scripture that the start of that is allowing God to call you to something you're not yet. And truly believing that if he calls you to it, you can get there Mm -hmm. because he's going to do it. And if you can just start there, I think you're going to see life change in a really profound way. Yeah. And this isn't just motivational speak Mm -hmm. here. Like I, I think it's possible and I think maybe this is a good way to end like you could easily take or perceive everything that we just said as like figure out your faith and tremendous things are going to happen to you the reality is is your life circumstances may not change at all but your perspective can absolutely and I think your perspective truly is like 90% of everything it is and so how many times, I mean, there's been times in my life, there was one time in particular I'm thinking of where I felt like I needed a, a different job mm-hmm. and an opportunity fell into my lap yep. and I wanted it so bad and I mm-hmm. was convinced I was going to get it and then I didn't get it. And I was like, that makes no sense. Yep. And I was pretty disappointed for like 24 hours yep. and it took me less than a week to realize that not getting that was a huge blessing. Absolutely. I would take a change in attitude over a change in circumstance every day of the week because yeah. it is just far more impactful. It just right. is. That's That's been my experience. And I know those listening can be like, it's easy for you to say you aren't, you know, you don't have this, this thing. Yeah. And I, and so I do understand that, but I think, like you said, this isn't just a feel-good, like, I truly believe and have seen this in my life, that, like, 
if you make this change to like willingly walk through the tension and the discomfort to become who God is calling you to be, you are going to see your life radically change. And maybe because it doesn't even, I mean, if you look at Jeremiah, it's like God was calling him to be a prophet. And he's like, by the way, no one's going to listen to you. Like your life isn't going to be great. You're not going to suddenly be the hero of Israel, but like you're going to be who you're supposed to be. And you're going to understand the purpose of what you're doing. And at the heart of us, we were made for that. We were made to obey and to have purpose. And if you can allow the discomfort in your life to be directed towards that, towards actually being who you're supposed to be and having a purpose, life is just very different. And right. that's kind of the the heart of it there. Well, why don't we end? Uh, Lord, we just, um, we thank you for perspective and how powerful that can be. And we, we know it's difficult and we all can uh, somehow... Um, through life circumstances and curveballs or whatever you want to call it, end up with uh, blurry perspective. Um, but we know how freeing it can be for that to be changed. And uh, it all starts with you. So we just ask um, for you uh, to connect with us in a way that helps us to just see things for what they are and to call things for what they are and and to um, answer to the name that you call us to and to not not answer to the name that the world sometimes calls us because those can be completely different things and they can blur our perspective and and so that's where it all starts and and I just pray that those of us um, who are part of this conversation can, can have opportunities to become uh, victorious and to choose to be victorious and, and to not choose to be victims. And and we know that the curveballs will keep coming mm-hmm. and we welcome it because we know that there's purpose in it and utility in it and that you use those. Um, and so just help us to have proper perspective. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.